Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I am so excited about another episode of our podcast. This is episode number 45. As a reminder, we started this podcast a little over a year ago to highlight local stories of faith and sports. And today, I am so excited for you to hear from my friend and brother in Christ, Dwayne Rembert. Dwayne, originally from Linden, Alabama, lives in Montgomery. He has been a big supporter of All In Sports Outreach. He's the founder of the Flatline Movement. He's a current youth pastor at the Strong Tower at Washington Park Church there in Montgomery. He's also on staff with the Montgomery Baptist Association as a liaison between all the Baptist churches in the Montgomery City Schools. He's known for doing ministry through football programs, also supports an AAU basketball team through Bible studies, mentoring, uh, lots of discipleship, but just a powerful story of redemption. Incredible faith journey and just um, an infectious and contagious faith. He's married. Again, his family lives in Montgomery. I cannot wait for you to hear from Dwayne. So without further delay. Well, thanks for joining me today, Dwayne. Thank you, brother. You bet. I know we've been trying to schedule this for for some time now, but I believe that God's timing is perfect. So thank you again. I know you got a lot going on. Um, so let's jump right into it. Um, I think we need to start out with a lot of our listeners don't know who Dwayne Rembert is. So tell us a little bit about um, maybe where you grew up, a little bit about your family and your faith journey. Okay. All right. Uh, like Stuart uh, said, man, my name is Dwayne Rembert. I'm 43 years old. Um, I'm from Linden, Alabama. Uh, it's a small town about two hours below or west of Montgomery, Alabama. That's where I live at right now. Uh, I've been married for 16 years. Uh, We have uh, three wonderful children. Uh, I was raised by my grandmother. My mom was kind of in and out of my life. She did the best she could, you know, uh, up until she passed away. I led her to the Lord a year before she passed away. But uh, for for childhood, I mean, she was in and out of my life, clubbing and stuff like that. There was no father in the home, and then the only male influences that I had uh, at the time was uh, my uncles, and they all were under the abundance of alcohol. Uh, man, I didn't hear the gospel until I was 26 years old, February 3rd, 2002, 11.17 a.m. The first, I mean, I'm in the South, and that's my first time hearing the gospel, so uh, can you, if you can only imagine just growing up with no Jesus, no God, you know, uh, anything, everything that came along with that, you know, I was doing it. You know, so basically looking for affirmation of who I was as a person, who I was as a young man. So I basically was a weak follower. You know, um, anything somebody, you know, pretty much asked me to do, I did because I was trying to fit in. I didn't know Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, but that's that's the overview. We can get into more details later on, though. Yeah. So so you mentioned uh, growing up in the South and not knowing Jesus. Uh, which, you know, can be hard for some people to believe because you hear about the Bible Belt, you know, and, you, and yeah. I think we take for granted just that everybody's heard about Jesus. But um, at what point, um, you mentioned the date, but talk a little bit about that moment when you when you found Jesus. Yeah, well, like I said, man, I did go to church. Now. My grandmother did, 
dragged me to church. Uh, she she drove me to church up until the time I was 12 years old. But even during those times when I would go, I mean, it was just a lot of hooping and hollering. And there was no, you know, to me it was like a show. So I no one explained to me who Jesus was. So, right. And then around the time I was 12, uh, my grandmother began to lose her health began to fade. Mm. So she stopped going to church. I stopped going to church. So from 16 to 26, there was no church, mm. you know. But um, while I was 16, heaven to the street, you know, selling drugs, breaking the house, just doing all kinds of stuff and all kinds of petty crimes and things like that, I was experiencing things uh, that really just turned me off from the church, period. Mm. Uh, there was one instance uh, when I was in the neighborhood gambling house, shot house, and uh, I was 16 years old at the time, and, and on a Sunday afternoon, the end walked this preacher right out the church, mm-hmm. you know, uh, talking about how those church people were getting on his nerve, and he said, give me a drink, and he broke Jack and Coke right in front of my face, and, and, and jumped in and began to play, play some gamble right in front of me, so I remember thinking at that moment, man, uh, that I don't want to have anything to do with church, mm-hmm. you know, or church folks, you know, but the danger about being 16 years old and seeing it, I didn't tell nobody. I just kept it to myself, but I knew I didn't want to have anything to do with the church. And then later on, a few weeks down the road, I'm in school, and Linden is not that big of a place. Right. Um, so everybody just pretty much knew my, you know, knew my knew, knew my, my family structure, knew my situation. They knew my mom entered out of the street. They knew my uncle was under abundance of alcohol. And at that time, they knew my grandma pretty much had lost her mind. And there was this instance um that happened that pretty much shaped how I do ministry today. You know, why I'm so motivated when it comes to going back into the schools and engaging the schools uh, with the gospel and with the love of Christ. You know, I was 16 years old and I was in the hallway with two of my friends and uh, both of those had parents that are, uh, uh, that were in the education, you know, uh, system. Mm-hmm. So they were treated a little differently than the way I was being treated. And I can remember, uh, like it was yesterday, I was 43 years old, and I remember this, this, this time when I was 16, but I remember like it was yesterday, uh, we had one of the administrators come up and began to talk to this guy on the right about getting all this paperwork and everything ready for college, skipped over me and began to talk to the guy on my left about getting this stuff ready for the military. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, it's like he just stuck a dagger in my heart and just twisted everything that I was believing about myself, which was the devil, but I didn't know it was the devil then because I didn't know the Lord and none of this other stuff. Uh, but everything that I was believing about myself, that I was going to be dead for I was 21, I was going to end up working at Minimum Mama Company, I was going to never leave, I was going to be nothing. At that moment, uh, with, the, with the authority that this, this figure and the respect that I had for him, the fact that he skipped over me, really just confirmed, like, you are going to be, you aren't going to be anything, you are going to be a failure. So mm-hmm. after that, that's when I really began to rebel. I mean, you know, the breaking in the house and the stealing out of the stores, the selling crack cocaine, uh, the, the, the manipulating women or girls, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But I didn't, I really didn't care anymore after that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then there was a few things that happened prior to that. I remember one time uh, when I was in junior high school, I had uh, one of the teachers uh, that we had went into, we had an experience one day where we actually went out into the pastures where the cows and the bulls were, and uh, he used me as an example of, uh, a weak bull that really can't produce healthy children. And I remember him saying, okay, yeah, uh, Dwayne will never be able to have healthy children. And I remember, and, and laughing about it, that is my teacher. Wow. I, I, I remember 
that going on in my mind. And then I, later on that same year, I remember uh, a doctor coming in and testing all of us, and um, uh, uh, and I was quote unquote diagnosed with scoliosis. And he told me by the time I get forty, I was going to be walking bent over. Mm. You know, forty-three years old, now I'm still walking straight up. But and my point was, like all of that stuff played a role in my rebellion mm-hmm. because. The church did not engage me with the gospel or the truth, so every time Satan brought a lie to me, it became my reality. Mm-hmm. So, so, so my rebellion was an ex- was an expression of a neglect that I received from my father, one, and two, from the church. The mm-hmm. fact that I wasn't engaged with the gospel, I wasn't engaged with truth, and then my anger and, and, and resentment and my bitterness came from not having a father around to ask questions about some of this stuff that I'm facing with every day, you know. So um, so make a long story short, I graduated high school by the grace of God because I didn't pass any math class. I know the Lord supernatural, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, having graduated. Uh, but uh, when I graduated, no one had talked to me about ASBAP. No one had talked to me about the ATC. So I just kind of went back and was hanging out uh, uh, around my hometown. And then... Uh, there was a drug bust. I, I posted been with him. I wasn't with him that day. And uh, two days later, my cousin came and got me. That's how I ended up in Montgomery. Mm. So I get to I get to Montgomery, and uh, uh, I knew I had nothing to go back to. So I I pretty much uh, made up in my mind what I thought that I'm gonna do whatever it takes to succeed. Uh, uh, so I won't have to go back to nothing since I got this opportunity. You know, uh, so I enrolled in uh, Torch State downtown, you know, working at Wendy's and Ramada Inn at the same time. You know, I was cleaning the floors at the hotel, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, and I just kept getting get promoted, get promoted, get promoted, get promoted and got promoted all the way up to the front office. I went from cleaning the floor to all the way up to sales manager in probably the biggest hotel in Montgomery. And uh, at that time, while I was sales manager, uh, my boss at the time, she was a Christian. I didn't even know the term Christian until I was 26, but I knew she was a church lady. And she was nice, you know what I'm saying? Because my, my experience with, my first real experience with a church lady uh, outside of church was when I remember her telling me, boy, get them earrings out your ear, pull your pants up, you're going to hell. And mm-hmm. she was laughing at that. Like, she never taught me how to get to heaven. It's just like, okay, you're going to hell. So I believed her. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? This way to go to church. So I'm going to hell anyway, so why try to live any, any different? You know, so, but she was, this lady who I'm working for at the hotel would always invite me uh, to come to church with her, and I always made an excuse for not going, you know, uh, because of what, what I experienced growing up, but I didn't tell her about my experience. Right. And then word got around that uh, they were, she was getting ready to get promoted. So I wanted her job, you know, so, but I didn't want her to hire no direct sales position with some of the ladies. I didn't want her to bring nobody else off the street, like, I wanted that job, so I came up with a plan, so I thought, you know, so the next time she invited me to come to church, man, I'm like, go, you know, yeah. I'm going to grow up, <laughs> I'm, old. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder, you know, I'm selfish, I don't know the Lord, you know what I'm saying, so my flesh ruled my life, I don't, you know, I didn't know how to do that, though. so, uh, and I think within a week, man, she offered me to come, and I went and heard the gospel, man, for the first time, the clear God. Mm. Like, if I didn't accept this Jesus, I know I'm going to this hell. But if I accepted Jesus, I will receive this new life that he offered. Mm. You know, new heart, new mind, new vision, new, uh, new everything. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I received Jesus, man, February 3rd, 2002, 11, 17 a.m. 
And I remember 11, 17, because I looked at my watch on my way back to, to my seat, and it was like 11, 18. So I would say 11, 17 when I received the Lord, man. Yeah, amen. So that's my, that's my, that's my salvation story. That's awesome. And so you continued in the hotel business, and then um, through that, God began to plant this vision for um, ministry, um, and you launched what's called the Flatline Movement. Talk about yeah. what is Flatline, because you know, I've had people ask me, what does Dwayne and Flatline do? And I can tell them a few things, but it varies from uh, music to speaking, to being a sports chaplain, you've had an AAU basketball team. So just talk about uh, launching Flatline and what is Flatline. Okay. Well, um, prior to Flatline, I moved all the way up to uh, general manager in mm-hmm. the hotel business. So I did I did get that job, though. I said, and then I ended up getting a job where I'm regional. I was mm. doing two hotels. And then I moved all the way up to assistant general manager. Then I moved all the way up to general manager. Wow. So I was a general manager at, uh, uh, I opened uh, pretty much, I had something to do with Aaron Hampton in here in my government of uh, being open. So, uh, but even at the peak of all of that, uh, God had began to allow me to deal with sports teams and do devotions and go, go, you know, deal, do it with you know, football teams and stuff like that. Uh, but as a general manager of the hotel, they pay you. I was making really, really good money. So you go in at seven, you leave at seven. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the coaches will, will have a problem with the boys and say, okay, Dwayne, we caught this guy smoking weed, skipping. We got to kick him out of school. If you can't get, you can't get through him. If you can't get through to him, we're kicking him out. Can you come over today? So it got to a point where I was leaving the job to go to the schools, and sometimes I would be gone for an hour, sometimes two hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord began to convict me really, really, really hard because Houston wasn't paying for me to go and do ministry. So I knew the Lord was going to either, uh, he, he was telling me, you either going to have to uh, stop going to these schools or you're going to have to let this corporate job go. Mm. So, and I knew, I knew what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? I just wasn't oh, ready yeah. to accept that. Yeah, so we were living a very comfortable, nice life. My wife didn't have to work. She was a homemaker. You know, uh, and it was good. I mean, it was really, really good. But uh, I wanted to obey the Lord more than being fulfilled, being wow. fulfilled and stuff. So uh, the hardest part of that was going and telling my wife that God wanted me to quit my job and start flatlining. And, I, and so one day I was in my car. And he told me read Romans six eleven. You know, I mean, just I mean, I heard it spoken to my spirit, not awfully. You know what I'm saying? Right. In my spirit, I heard the Lord say read Romans six eleven. So that wasn't a familiar verse to me. Yeah, if he had said read Romans three sixteen, I'm sorry, John three sixteen, I would have had to reach in the back seat of my car and grab the Bible because I know that verse by heart. Right. I didn't know Romans six eleven by heart. So I, I reached in my back seat, read the scripture, and it says, I reckon you to be dead to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. Then I heard the Lord say, so I want you to start flatlining. Now, and they did. Matter of fact, before I heard, I want you to start flatlining. I said, uh, uh, I read the scripture, I read him to be dead to sin, but alive to God through Christ Jesus. Then I heard him say, you know, in order to live, you got to die. You got to die before you die so you can live. I want mm. you to start flatlining. Just like that. So wow. I went ahead and called one of my brothers and told him what the Lord just told me because I knew if I didn't tell somebody, I wasn't going to do it. That's I right. I quit my job. I wasn't going to do this. So I needed to, to get somebody accountable. I called him from the car, like within seconds of God telling me that. So he can hold me accountable because I know it was a hard thing to do. So 
Uh, so I quit my job. I went in, went ahead and told them I want to step down, and you know, uh, 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 and, and I didn't know. This, the only thing that I knew Flatline at that time was called to do was help fatherless boys. That's all mm. I knew. Yeah. So the rap, the rappers and everything, and so so I quit my job based on that. I had no details. You know, so I had no playbook. I had no A to Z. You know, like it was just like God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna obey you based on which, just like you told Abraham. You know, I was yeah. gonna do everything and go. You know, it's like I didn't have no details. So as as I um, as I, when I, as I went ahead and did that, I began to. I took a part time front desk job and just did some sales consulting on the side and uh, 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 just began to continue to do chaplain work with the football mm-hmm. teams here at Montgomery and then uh, the rappers just. Yeah, you know, we was already doing shows and stuff anyway. We just kind of made it official by getting the gospel rappers yeah. involved. Uh, and the word rap means rhyming poetry. You know, mm-hmm. that's in the Bible. If you look in your Bible, the book of Psalms is a poetic book. Song of Solomon is a poetic book. Proverbs is a poetic book. Ecclesiastes is a poetic book. Job is a poetic book. You know, and then if you look in the book of Psalms, it's even rhyming, rhyming poetry. So God uses whatever tool he want to use to to bring, bring people to the Lord. So um, uh, uh, I felt the call to, to, to form that group of uh, guys with the rappers, and then we had a praise dance team, uh, um, and then, then that group, and we were just doing shows and events everywhere. Like the first year, we did over 30 shows everywhere. I mean, wow. we, were, we, were from the, we were from the top of the United States all the way to the bottom of the United States. Still, you know, still doing that. But um, And then we would do... Thursday night off-campus Bible study, still doing that too. Uh, uh, we're gonna get it back going because we we paused for a minute because of some other stuff, trying to get some other stuff together. But we're gonna start that back up. But we would do Thursday night Bible study with the athletes. Sometimes we would have 15, 15 of those guys show up at the same time, and we believe in reaching the athletes because they're the leaders of the school. You get the leaders of the school, you get the school. You get the school, you get the home. You get the home, get the neighborhood, get the neighborhood, get the city, get the city, get the county, get the county, get the state, get the state, get the United States. You not take it to the world. Amen. I mean, it starts with the with the young guys, the leaders of the school, in order to take over school. You're not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say what you're not gonna do, but I think you have a better chance of reaching the school if you can reach the the ones who have the most influence in the school first. So that's why God sent us to the athletes. So yeah, we we focus on three three pillars, and that's that's through the music because we believe that most faith has weaponized entertainment, music, video games. So we attack that. Mm-hmm. Stop putting out God in the music. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't no such thing as an evil beat. It's the content that comes over the beat. So we we, 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 we we concentrate on the music and we concentrate on mentor and discipleship because, you know, the fatherless rate is so high. Not just in the African American community, but it's high everywhere. So Amen. you can be the father. You can you can be in the home and work out of time and still your child still uh suffer from neglect and and just being fatherless. Yes, sir. You know, so we, we focus on music, and then that's the first pillar. That's, well, the first pillar really is mentorship and discipleship. That's the first, the main thing, building a relationship, spending time with them, let them spend the night at our, at our house, doing life on life with them, taking them out to get some weddings, talking to them, just doing stuff to do life with them, taking them to the barber shop, you know, just basic stuff that a dad would do, take them fishing, but at the same time while we're doing all that stuff, we're, we're, we're teaching them the gospel as well. We're, mm-hmm. we're showing them the gospel based on how we're loving them, but we, the Bible said we got to explain to them, too, like how to get saved. You know, it, it does you no good to see Jesus and all that, me and I'm loving on you, but then I'm not telling you how to get it. 
You know what I'm saying? So I want to re explain that song too. And then the, then the third pillar is the sport. Mm-hmm. We do have the uh, AAU teams, and plus, uh, like I said, we, we do a lot of chaplain work. And we got about four speakers, four chaplain speakers. We got about 10 rappers. You know, that's, that's, uh, uh, we got, we got Flatline members and we have Flatline partners. So we have some national known partners like, uh, uh, Philo and Corey Paul and right. Alico. These guys are nationally known and playing James, but these are Flatline partners who, who, you know, saying that, that whenever we call, they'll come and, and do what we need them to do. Right. So, um, so those are the three areas that you, if you want to explain to somebody, they deal with discipleship mentors and uh, music and sports. Mm-hmm. Those are three pillars. Yes, sir. Well, I know um, that's actually how we got connected was through a mutual friend. Uh, we were trying to put together a, um, a kind of a kickoff concert in Selma two or three years ago. And we did that. And then you recently, with a couple of the guys, were in Selma and spoke at a team event, a kind of a team night a couple weeks ago. Um, talk a little bit about that night and what y'all experienced there. Oh, yeah, man. It was a phenomenal night, man. It was raining cats and dogs. Mm. <laughs> I think we would have got a bigger crowd than what we got, but, man, it still was wonderful. It was about 150 uh, people in attendance. Uh, the, the, the guys from, uh, what's the name of them? All City. Is it All City? United for the City. United, United for the City, man. Those guys are great, man, at setting everything up. They're very professional and working well uh, in the, in, with months and two months in advance, just planning everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got there. The hospitality was off the chain, you know, uh, uh, and everybody was just excited. You know, and once we got there, man, they just pretty much turned it over to us. We had a, a couple of students from down there already got up and gave their testimony. And then two of our rappers, CeeLo and Big Yay, they did their thing. They did their they're set. They did about 15, 20 minutes each, and then I preached the gospel at the end. Amen. You know, and uh, 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 we had some salvations, man. It was, it was a, it was a phenomenal night. We ended up didn't, we ended up not leaving until about I don't know 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, because we were still fellowshipping, discipling, and talking to the children more, and talking to them about the music they listen to, and just kind of giving them a pathway. You know. We, it's one thing to come in and say, okay, stop listening to this. But if you don't give them nothing to replace it, they, they might that might work for two or three days, but eventually the music sounds good. If you don't replace it with something, they're going to go right back to it. That's right. Know? Yeah, that's so good. It's very important that we kind of, okay, now we've given you this information, so now let's just help direct you to a different uh, 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 a different type of you know content with mm-hmm. the same type of feel that you can get from listening to music that's going to really cause you to do simple stuff, you know, yeah. or, or, or promote simple stuff that you don't need to be, you know, celebrating. Yeah. You know? So, but it was a great night, man. Salvation, fellowship, word, music, fun, food, the whole night. That's awesome. So you... And we're planning another one because he, he texted me last week, so we're planning on going back. Oh, that's awesome. That's very good. Mm-hmm. So I know, um, I mean, just with Flatline alone, there's a lot going on. God's using you in a mighty way there. You're on staff with Montgomery Baptist Association, also a youth yeah. a youth pastor, and then on top of that, preparing to plant a church, Flatline Church. Talk about yeah. talk about your your vision for this new church and just kind of a little bit about it. Where you're gonna, you know, what part of Montgomery and when, when you know, kind of the timeline. Okay. All right. Well. It's, uh, the name of the church is going to be the Flatline Church at Chisholm. 
Uh, Chisholm is a um, poverty-stricken area on the north side of Montgomery. High crime, the whole thing. Uh, I've been ministering out there for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and what I mean by not really boots on the ground type of deal, but uh, like I said, by being a youth pastor, there are some churches out there, and I get invited to do a lot of youth youth days. Mm-hmm. You know, so and plus, uh, I do a lot of work over at Lehigh School, and Lehigh School students are zoned for children, so most of those students uh, live there anyway. So I've already pretty much had got a um, uh, uh, relationship with the community in some in some some fashion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, but how that came about, uh, man. I think, and it's amazing. All right, so I did a school visit because I'd be careful what I say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I put it like this: I had, I had one of the strongest school visits that I've ever had since 2009. The day before the opportunity came to plant that church, wow, and available. I mean, the, like less than 12 hours, you know. And I remember weeping in my truck after that school visit and just how powerful it was. And I asked the Lord, like, what do you want me to do over here? Because I was already, I'm just, like you said earlier, I'm just uh, youth pastor at Strong Tower at Washington Park. And that's on the west side of Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'm in the weeds more at that school, but I still deal with, you know, other schools around the city. So this is one of the schools where, based on my job with Montgomery Baptist Association, I had already plugged the church in uh, to this school. So I really wasn't in the weeds uh, at this school because we got 2,000 students over at this other school. So you don't want to try to overwhelm yourself because you can't be effective in discipleship. Right. So, um, but based on that visit I had today, I'm like, Lord, okay, well, I know I'm over here at Strong Tower. I know I'm over here at Carver, but this was amazing. And what do you want me to do with that? So I went home and told my wife the same thing what happened. We prayed that night, still got nothing from the Lord. And the next day I get to work at Montgomery Baptist Association. Montgomery Baptist Association is an organization that I serve as a minister resident, and I serve as a liaison between Montgomery Public School System uh, and Montgomery Baptist Church, just finding ways that we can help the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I get back to work at Montgomery Baptist Association for our staff meeting that Tuesday, that, that day that, 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 that evening that I had at, at leave was that Monday evening, that Tuesday I get back to work Tuesday morning, and my boss at the time said, Dwayne, I need to talk to you about this opportunity that come available. I know you love your church. At least let me just run it by you. Hmm. So after telling me, he began to tell me about uh, this church, children about the church, reached out to them, uh, saying that they're looking for African-American missiology pastor to come in and uh, uh, so where they can give their building to them and, and revitalize that community. And then he was telling me about another church in Montgomery. So I said, ah, don't worry about that one. Tell me about children again. And see, I knew when he said children, God was answering my prayer. Amen. Because I just been, I've just been begging God, like, what do you want me to do with the school? So he was telling me right there, I was just planning a church in the community of where the students from the school go, where they live. Like, I want you to plant a church there. So uh, he began to, but I still didn't say yes at the moment. So he began to tell me about, uh, you know, the details that come along with, with inheriting this, this 22,000 square foot church with over uh, 30 classrooms, and uh, um, so I, but I still tell him I need to pray about it, even though I, I, I felt the toll from the Lord saying, hey, this is the answer to your prayer, but I still wanted to, even though I'm excited, I wanted to, to pull back for a minute and go before the Lord and take it with my wife and we go pray together uh, to make sure this is what the Lord wants. So this is Tuesday, I prayed, I, and my prayer was, 
uh, God, why shouldn't I do this? Because I had enough evidence on why I shouldn't. So yeah. I didn't want to pray that prayer. You right. know, God, why shouldn't I do this? I was getting blamed. Uh, yeah. So my, my boss would call me on Wednesday. You heard anything from the Lord yet? Nope. He would call me on Thursday. You heard anything from the Lord yet? Nope. And Friday, Friday, the Lord told me, yeah, I want you to do this. And then that Friday, he, and he didn't call me Friday. But then that Friday evening, my wife was in the closet. She was just hanging on clothes. And I don't know where, which I know was the Lord. She came and just kind of came out of the closet and looked at me and said, I think the Lord wants to go to children. And I was like, uh-oh. Because he had told me that morning. The Lord yeah. had told me that morning, I want mm-hmm. you to do it. When he told my wife that evening, I knew then that that was God's confirmation uh, for us going over there. Now, for us, the plan, we're, the launch day is scheduled for May of next year. Yeah. Now, the reason we the reason we doing it like that, uh, out before we open the door for service, because I want Flatline Church, and I believe the Lord. When I say I want, I believe this is what the Lord wants. I, I want this church to be known for discipleship and evangelism. Mm-hmm. Like, so what we plan on doing before we even open the door for service, we plan on having a community forum. And I'm already going over there now, meeting with. Uh, business owners in the community, letting them know that this church is getting ready to come to the community and find out ways that we can best serve you. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to have a community forum, and we plan on doing about three or four block parties, you know, because I got my gospel rapper, so I'm going to do block parties where we're going to give everything away, you know, like food and prizes, and just oh, yeah. make it fun and love it, mm-hmm. you know. And then we plan on doing doing some prayer walks, might, might even do a couple uh, movies, you know, movies in the park, you know, because it's a big old... Uh, parking lot, like doing an outdoor movie, but we just want, and, and then also with the football team, plan on doing some, uh, just going going out there, seeking out the uh, widows and the orphans, and see can we do some work around their house, like cut their grass, mm. do some, do some, do some, um, do some work around the houses, just start to show them the love of Christ first. That's you awesome. Know? So, so, they, so they won't think that we're just another uh, 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 church that coming in doing their service and going home. That's right. You know, we want yeah. to let you know. We want to let them know that we're here for the community before we even open the doors for a service. That's awesome. So we want to be we want to be known for evangelism and discipleship first, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do service. So that's why I say May of next year because that's gonna give us enough time to show consistency and 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 being being consistent in evangelism and being consistent in discipling. That's awesome. You know, so when when the church opens up, man, I think they're gonna be ready for it. Yeah, you know? amen. That's good, man. I'm excited for you. Yep. Just know we'll be praying between now and May that um, for all of that. I know there's a lot that goes into launching a church. That's huge. So there's yeah. another area where you're involved in Montgomery um, that is real busy at this time in the fall, leading up to mm-hmm. to Halloween. It's the River Region Judgment House. I went to Judgment House in Montgomery um, a long time ago. I'll, I'll say that. I was, it was probably 1992 or 93. So it's been a few years. So the, ju- oh, wow. so the Judgment House has been around Montgomery a long time. So for those not familiar with that, just give us a very brief description of what is the Judgment House um, and, you know, what's your involvement and purpose in that? Okay. Well, uh, my involvement is uh, I'm the community development director, and I also play the role of Jesus. And it's a drama production that uh, it's set up to be an alternative to a haunted house. 
right. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we run about 10, 12 nights. I forgot many nights we do it prior to October 31st. But October 31st is our last night. Uh, but we started on October the 14th. We actually got it tonight. So I got to go to rehearsals uh, really in about two hours uh, to get set up. Well, not, you know, dress rehearsal mm-hmm. in about two hours. But but uh, over the, i just say over the, man, just since the 14th, we've already had, uh, and I don't want to misquote, but I think we're over 2,000 people that's already come through and over uh, maybe 200-some decisions for the Lord already. Wow. You know, so, um, yeah, man, I mean, and we have about seven more nights uh, on schedule to um, to do it, man. So what is, like I said, it's a, it's a drama production, 17, uh, heaven being the last thing, which is where I play the role of Jesus. Uh, but we're, we're, we're dealing with social relevant issues that's going on right now, like texting and texting while driving and bullying. Mm. So it's, it's about it's about two teenagers who who, who uh, really three teenagers who who kind of go through life, go go through school, make some decisions. Uh, two of them die, one of them go to hell, one of them go to heaven, and we pretty much uh, uh, give a, a good, just a good clear presentation of choices. Mm. You know, and, and 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 the result of those choices how yeah. they affect your eternity. You well, know, wow. uh, one way or the other. So, and just show the grace and love of Jesus Christ that uh, you know Jesus is there for them, and and if you choose Him, you know, uh, life will be better. But if you reject Him, if you reject His love, then then that's other consequences. But man, it's, it's it's I make my children go through it, even though I'm involved, if I wasn't involved, I still would make them go through it. Because it's so clear, it's so simple, uh, and it's the gospel. It's the visual gospel, bro. Yeah. You know, like I mean, we have a we have a judgment scene, we have a uh, heaven scene, uh, and then right after that, we have someone to present the gospel again to give you an opportunity to receive the Lord. And then after that, we have counselors. Uh, after you make the decision, we have counselors to talk to you afterwards. Wow. To make sure you understand what just happened, and then we have follow up. That we connect the churches with, so they can get plugged into the church and get disciples. Because we don't, we, we don't want to do. Uh, you do more damage when you lead them to Christ, and then you don't get them plugged in on where they can grow. Amen. He just come back and he just come back and choke the word out of them. Well, so powerful. that's very important to us that we uh, get the churches. So we got within this production, we have over five. Uh, 500 volunteers. It's a million dollar production. It's, it's like people didn't volunteer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, with the actors and with the sound and the equipment and the lighting and all the stuff that we got going on, the rental of the building. Uh, it's a million dollar production. Wow, that's and powerful. Over five, 500 volunteers, man. So uh, it's pretty strong, man. We're, we're selling out already. I mean, I'm getting messages almost every day where uh, groups are trying to. Uh, book their youth group, but they say they're they not able to do it online. That's because we're selling out, you know. Wow. And we're trying to make room to get them up in there. Even tonight, like I've had to pretty much get my guy to move <laughs> some things around to get two youth groups that, that I've preached at the church before. They really want to come tonight. Some of them drive an hour away just to come to this production. They bring 30, 40 youth wow. you know, at a time. That's huh? amazing, man, what the Lord is doing through it. Yeah. That's right. And That's if you powerful. want to know more about it, you just go to judgmenthouse.org without the E. Judgment without the judgmenthouse.org. Okay, so judgmenthouse.org. That's good. And this is, uh, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, if you're listening and you're in the Montgomery, Alabama, and surrounding area, you have about four or five days to, to check it out. I, I highly encourage you. I mean, I cannot, cannot overemphasize the importance of it. Even, even if you don't have a youth group, if you just, you yourself want to go, I encourage you just to, to grab a friend and go check it out. Yeah. So you recently also uh, released a book that kind of tells your sto- tells your story. I know, um, you know, just in the last few months, God has really um, been moving through that book. So, talk yeah. talk briefly about um, you know maybe one or two stories you've heard of of how God used that book. Man, I mean, I'll just give you the most recent one, like as of yesterday. I think I posted about it. Uh, one, one, uh, well, that's one, I mean, I give you so many, golly. Uh, I do, uh, I think yesterday I got a, uh, call from one of my friends who has her doctorate in, um, uh, education. Very, very intelligent young lady. I mean, mm-hmm. very, very intelligent. Uh, just super smart. And, um, just, she just, sent me a message saying how the book had really blessed her life and how it, uh, it's inspired her to write and she's been wanting to write for years and, you know, uh, and, you know, and just, you know, just the journey just inspired her. And then, uh, 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 also I got a, um, well, I ran into this young man, he's in 11th grade, and he told me that his guardian made him read Flatline to Engage as a part of his punishment. But it end up change. He said, "But it end up changing my life, you know." And he's in eleventh grade, and I think that was man. That was one of the most powerful ones. I've had some people who read the book and uh, sent me a message on Facebook and said that they are now about to seek out biblical Christian counseling because there were areas in their childhood that they never dealt with. Wow! Um, get the courage to go. And seek out some professional Christian help. Um, I had salvation, one salvation story. Um, I've had uh, teachers uh, reach out to me and say that uh, there are many Dwayne's in their classroom that they haven't been loving on. They're about to start loving on. Uh, I've had pastors call me and repent, mm. like repent for their whole church. I mean, I've had three or four pastors call me and uh, or text me and repent and say that they haven't you know, been uh, engaging their community uh, with the gospel. We've been engaging with good people. We haven't been engaging with the gospel. Mm-hmm. We haven't been reaching our community. Our church does not look like our community. You know, uh, yeah. and it's opened up a lot of doors for me to come and speak. I mean, I've had one pastor order the book offline, and, and uh, he called me up, and he said, I need, can you meet me today? I need 11 copies of those books. He said, I need my whole entire staff, my leadership team, to read this book. Wow. And um, well, we, we met, and he said, I need to sign all of it. He, he stood outside of my car. Uh-huh. <laughs> I signed all of it. But, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's just so many stories like that, man. It's just been amazing. Uh, I got I to say, speak at a men's conference. Uh, one of my boss from Montgomery Baptist Association gave this other pastor my book about 10 o'clock in the morning. He said he opened it when he got in his car. He couldn't stop reading it. I mean, I'm sorry, he couldn't stop. So he said in the parking lot, it's a two-hour, 17-minute read. He read the book, and then uh, he called me. Uh, it was a Saturday now. He called me about 1 o'clock, I think, 
It's part of my go. He called me around. Yeah, was about, about one o'clock. He called me. I was with my wife. We was dating. You know, we was dating, so I didn't really answer the phone because I didn't recognize the number. And then she went home and took a nap, so I decided to take my voicemail. Called him back. He was like, "Man, I know you don't know me. I just got your book. We got a men's conference tomorrow. I supposed to speak. I don't. I don't. I want to know if you're available. If you're available, can you come speak tomorrow?" Wow. And it was out of town. And I, I was available, so I went and spoke. And man, I ended up sending a bunch of them when I got there. So, um, and so far I've sold over 400 books, and it came out May 21st. Uh, you know, so it just it's just been amazing how the Lord been using it. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, it's not on the outline I sent you, but um, just one that you know I, I want to ask: If is there a scripture that God is using in your life right now or a life verse that you would share with listeners? Sure. Matthew 28. You know, like, like, like I live and breathe Matthew 28 right now. <clears throat> Cause that's, I, I think that's one of the most important scriptures in the Bible. And also I think because it's not being carried out a lot, it's the reason for uh, a lot of stuff that's going on around us right now. And, and in Matthew 28, beginning verse 16, uh, it's three parts of it. Jesus first started off by saying, all authority has been given unto me. So when I when I hear all authority has been given unto me, and then Jesus lives unto me, and lives inside of us, that gets rid of the excuse for me not sharing the gospel, right? Because mm-hmm. all authority, we have, no, we have nothing to be afraid of. And then after he tells us, all authority has been given unto me, the next part of that scripture is, he said, now go and preach the gospel and go into all the world. Hear what I'm saying now? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So that's the evangelism. That's the, that's the charge to go evangelism, evangelize. And then he said, and then teach them what it is that I taught you. And that's the discipleship part. Mm. And then he encourages us again. He said, for, because I'll be with you to the end of the age. So when I look at those scriptures, it's like, okay, Christ got rid of the excuse for me not going. And now he's telling me to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That means all the world. All the world means all the, that means everybody. You know what I'm saying? Go preach the gospel. And then not only evangelize them, but disciple them by teaching them what I've learned from the Lord myself. Mm. So that's, that's my life verse. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Hey, I appreciate your time. I know um, this is a busy time for you. You have a lot going on, so um, I appreciate your time. Man, I thank you, brother. Wow. What an incredible story. As you can tell, Dwayne is just a phenomenal, phenomenal man with a passion for evangelism and discipleship. And God is using him in an amazing way there in Montgomery and beyond through the Flatline Movement, through the Strong Tower, Washington Park Church, the Montgomery Baptist Association, um, planting a new church, a recent author, just story after story after story of how God is using Dwayne and his and his incredible testimony. And just a if I could sum up Dwayne and his testimony since he has come to Christ, it's just obedient. I mean, taking bold steps of faith, of leaving the business world, successful career to launch the Flatline Movement with no idea 
where the finances were going to come from. And God just continues to multiply and multiply and provide and provide. And I could tell you story after story of how Dwayne has been used. And as I said on the episode, Dwayne has been a phenomenal encourager to me personally and to All In Sports Outreach. So I encourage you to share this episode with family and friends. They will be encouraged. And what you heard was just a glimpse. So I would encourage you to go to Amazon and search for Dwayne Rembert and order a copy of his book. Follow him on social media and just get a glimpse of how God is using him and how God can use you too if you're just obedient and available. Just seek out God's plan. God has a purpose for you too. It's not just for Dwayne or not just for All In Sports Outreach. It's for you. And that's the message is that God can take a broken, broken person like Dwayne and transform them into be used mightily to further his kingdom. So again, thank you for listening. Share this episode. Encourage other people to listen to it. Um, And you know we love hearing from you. Visit our Facebook page, All In Sports Outreach, or our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. Communicate with us. Find opportunities to pray for us, to serve with us, and also to give. And the last thing, if this episode has encouraged you, please go to iTunes, leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the greater the platform to continue to spread stories like this of faith and share the gospel through media. We love you guys. We thank you for your constant encouragement and prayers. And until next time.